0: Hello, and welcome back to the SACUS podcast, Making Adjustments, where we take a thoughtful dive into a cultural topic um, that could benefit from a few healthy adjustments. If you're new here, SACUS is the Sexual Assault Counseling and Information Service, and we serve survivors of sexual violence as well as our significant others in the Eastern Illinois area. We also have a sister organization, CASA, Counseling and Information for Sexual Assault and Abuse, which covers portions of central and southern Illinois. Together, it's our mission to end sexual violence in society, and we recognize the intersections of identities and different backgrounds and experiences all contribute to a culture of violence and oppression. So, happy December, everyone! Whether you're a survivor or significant other, or just a listener of our podcast, we hope this month is life-giving for you and we are so thankful you've taken the time out of your day to spend it with us here on the podcast. In lieu of our general format where we discuss a specific current event or a hot topic related to sexual assault, we thought that it would be timely and helpful to take this month's episode and talk a little bit about something that might seem very basic, but is actually a stressor each and every one of us face every year. And that is making it through the holidays. We won't be discussing any specific holidays per se, um, but more just addressing the general stress that comes with preparing for any celebration or gathering this time of year, or for the lack of those things if you don't celebrate anything. Um, Holiday seasons can be riddled with loneliness for a lot of people um, and with grief and reflection of the past year, especially for survivors of trauma such as sexual assault or abuse. For a lot of folks, the holidays are a time when survivors may have to come face-to-face with their perpetrator or someone who was complicit in their abuse, um, especially in the case of family members. So making it through the holidays or any difficult time really, a lot of the messaging we hear has to do with resilience and healing and self-care, and that's all great except I know how hard it is to do those things. Or to know where to start when we feel like we're already struggling or we already feel alone or helpless or powerless or anything else like that. One thing that I remember hearing um, and believing for a long time was do whatever feels good to you. Um, And at face value, that really is a great plan. But just in my own personal experience, doing what I thought would feel good when my mental health was in a state of emergency was absolutely not what was best for me. It's nothing that I feel ashamed about and it's nothing that you should feel ashamed about either if that's where you're at. My mind was working against me and I literally just wasn't capable at that time of making a good decision for myself. And when I didn't want to do anything or be anyone in the world, what I thought would feel good was staying home in my pajamas, eating a whole package of break and bake cookies and binge watching netflix for hours on end. And don't get me wrong, I think every once in a while we all need those days coping with your anxiety or depression or anything else with like food or comfort shows is it's it's okay and it's a normal reaction. Um but what i found was that the days i spent doing those things, doing what i thought felt good were the days that i actually went to bed feeling even more numb and more empty and just gross. They didn't really do anything as far as helping me to feel better goes. And the thing is, when our minds aren't in the best shape and our bodies are feeling tired or weak or used, we have a tendency to believe lies in our head about ourselves and our healing um, and what we're capable of. And it's just easiest at that point to doubt our own power to change or to get better. So, for the majority, no one is choosing to stay in a bad place. I think we all want to heal and live better lives. But after an experience of trauma, it becomes much easier to slip, um, most times unconsciously or unwillingly, into unhealthy habits or ways of thinking and to get caught in those cycles. So, I've had to challenge myself to stop believing those lies in my head about myself and to face the truth that. I'm totally capable, um, and you are too, and that resilience and strength don't build up in us when we do whatever we feel like doing and have those lazy days all the time and when we just completely check out of our lives. It happens when we make the active choice to participate and connect with other people and to rest well, and when I say rest well, I mean instead of just like laying on the couch or laying in bed all day like I usually want to do, we can think about what actually brings us a sense of peace or some reassurance when we're struggling and make the difficult decision to do those things and see them through. So on the topic of finding good ways to rest and take care of yourself, a huge topic um, around the holidays and just in this pandemic has been self-care so there are a lot of ideas about self-care, and maybe some of the ones out there aren't as helpful as others, for survivors specifically. So recently, the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center released a list of self-care ideas submitted by actual survivors of sexual violence. And these are things that either help them to cope or to move forward in their healing journey or feel like they regained essence of self and power. So one of the first categories um, was self-expression as self-care. Survivors shared some things that got them through were just taking the time to write down their experiences, write their story. Others said it helped just to talk to someone um, about how they were feeling, whether it was a counselor or a trusted friend. A survivor shared that she got a tattoo to remind her of her strength. And I really loved that idea because it could be just a little drawing that inspires you, a message and the handwriting of someone you love. It could be a quote, a mantra, a song lyric, anything really. And if you're not into tattoos, um, something you could also do is just jot that little thing down on your arm on a rough day and roll up your sleeve for the reminder when you need it. Someone said that they used a bullet journal instead of a regular journal because it allowed them to be more creative. And it helped them to take things one day and one step at a time. They also liked the control that it gave them um, in deciding what those pages were going to look like and how that part of their life was going to be structured instead of having to fit their life into a predetermined structure, which I thought was really neat um, and good for survivors. Another category was therapeutic practices. One person said that they took 30 minutes a day to focus on deep breathing and being present in the moment. Being present in the moment actually seems like something that we shouldn't have to try at because technically we always are actually living in the present moment. But when you have experienced violence or trauma, it's hard not to get stuck in the past within your mind or to fixate on the unknowns of the future and have fears and anxiety about that. So grounding techniques to stay in the moment are really important and helpful for a lot of folks. And actually we've been sharing several of those exercises on our TikTok page this month. So you can head over there to check those out. Our handle on TikTok is at team underscore Sekis. It's all lowercase. Um, A lot of people also said that therapy, including EMDR and art therapy um, or support groups uh, helped them a lot. Some people found it helpful to read books about the consequences or after effects of trauma so that they could better identify how it was actually impacting their life. A lot of survivors, uh, and I mean a lot of survivors, (laughs) put that their pets or animals provided comfort to them. Um, And it seemed like the most common animals mentioned were their dogs or cats and a lot of horses as well. So a lot of self-care messaging that has to do with physical self-care focuses on um, exercise or going to the gym or having a spa day or something like that. But, you know, a lot of times if someone isn't feeling safe or isn't feeling like themselves, they really don't have the motivation to get up um, and go do something or go to the gym. And things like a spa day um, at an actual spa costs a lot of money or even at a home spa can cost money if you need to buy supplies. So one thing that I loved that a survivor suggested for physical self-care was on tough days, wearing the softest outfit you can find. That's such great advice because I know how amazing cozy pajamas or a soft sweatshirt can feel to me on a bad day, I mean, it's warm, it's safe, and it's a really simple idea. You don't have to try at that one. Another person said that getting outside, even if it's just a few minutes, always helps them to feel better. One self-care act that I see a lot is um, people saying affirmations or positive messages to themselves. Um, But instead, a survivor said that they like to listen to other survivors' stories um, like on YouTube or TikTok or on blog posts because it reminds them that they aren't alone. Um, And I especially like this quote. Um, They said that watching them win gives me strength. Um, So these are just a few of the ideas that have helped actual survivors. And we will go ahead and list the link to the full article um, and all of the self-care ideas in the show notes. Um, It takes a lot of strength and time and energy to pull yourself out of a dark place, mentally or emotionally. So if that is a journey that you are pursuing, good for you. We are proud of you, regardless of how it's going or how you're feeling right now in this moment, because deciding to try and to put your best foot forward and to do the work, that's half the battle. Just getting started is one of the hardest parts, so we really commend you for that in whatever steps that you've taken. And if you haven't started or you feel like you're stuck in a cycle of harmful behaviors, just know that you are not alone. Not at all. There are so many people in the same boat, and you don't have anything to feel guilty or ashamed about um, because the way that trauma and different triggers um, have an effect on your life is something that's so difficult to point out and name and control, especially on your own. But an important thing to remember is that resilience is built over time. So don't be discouraged if you do try a time or two and you don't feel completely healed or maybe you don't feel like you've changed any. It's a journey and it's one built with a community of supporters backing you, family, friends, and counselors. Um, we all want to be healthy individuals without doing the work, but unfortunately that's not how healing is, and we just want you to know that we're here for you. And if SACUS or KESA are not the right place for you, we will do our best to get you connected to other resources that are. Thank you so much for joining us today. I truly hope that this was helpful, thought-provoking, or at least a bright spot in your day we appreciate all of our supporters and listeners so, so much. And as always, our 24-hour hotlines are always available, even on the holidays. So you can contact the Seekers hotline at 888-345-2846 and the CASA hotline at 866-288-4888. And that's all for this episode of Making Adjustments. We hope to see you in the next one.